the bodybuilding.com podcast just in time for Halloween or whenever the hell this comes out. We have a monster in, hanging out in the boardroom with us today, Casey Mitchell, a.k.a. that one leg monster, um, hanging out at bodybuilding.com today down in the gym. Have you already been down in the gym this morning? I have morning? not. Okay. No, I look forward to it, though. Right, right after this, yeah. I'm down there, yeah. He is an Army veteran, speaker, and, oh, yeah, he competes in open-class powerlifting with just one leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for coming, Casey. Thank you. Really yeah, happy it's to have exciting you exciting to be here. Yeah. Now, I've been, I've been following you on Instagram for a while. I forget where I first encountered you, but just there's, there's incredible shit on your feed every single day. It's one of those things it's like, once you see it, you're like, all right, I got I to gotta follow this guy. He, like, yeah. he's, yeah. It's just there's always cool stuff on there. And you seem, like, you seem like someone who kept everything inside for a really long time maybe, and now you're just kind of exploding. You're out there. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I, was, I was wondering, um, like the, the other day you shared a picture of the inside of this vehicle that you were in in, yeah. in Afghanistan um, when crossed paths with an IED. And I was wondering, like, you, you're so positive in this post. You're like, yeah, I'm just so happy to be alive, all these things. Was it, was it really hard for you to look back? And could you look at a photo like that? Yeah, even, even now thinking about it, it you know, uh-huh. it messes with me a little bit. But because uh, I hadn't seen that. I, see, I had seen some photos, but I hadn't seen anything of that quality, mm-hmm. of, you know, because when I got hit, it was really early in the morning. And so some of the, it was like 2 a.m., I think, so it was dark outside. And uh, so some of the guys that had pictures and stuff, they weren't, I couldn't really tell. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then somebody finally got a hold of these photos and said that was, this was your truck, and I was mm-hmm. like, man. And I was, and then I, I, once I realized everything, and I, uh, yeah, a lot of basically like a flashback for me. Right. Um, but yeah, as much as it bothers me to see it, it it's it was kind of like I'm one of those people that just kind of like that was what was meant to happen mm-hmm. because there's no reason. The re- the thing is for me is that there was no reason I should have lived through that. There's no reason that my whole squad should have lived through that mm-hmm. at all. Um, that was very very big. Um, pressure right. plate IED that hit my very big. Yeah, a, with it, the, the post, there's a picture of the crater that it created. It was created. a six, six and a half feet deep hole uh-huh. and about a 12-foot radius huh. on that thing. Um, they're measuring it up near 1,000, 1,500 pounds, somewhere in there, which is, and we've had a, IEDs prior hit vehicles like that and kill everybody in them. Right. Um, so, you know, my thing is, is like, I'm not supposed to be here. Why am right. I going to dwell on it? You know what I mean? I'm just happy to be here and, you know, and be doing what I'm doing now. Sure. Now there are videos out there where people can learn some of your of your story, but I wanted to touch on it. Just who who were you at that point, and who are you now? It seems like the the way I hear you talk about it, it sounds like two different people. Yeah, well, I was a grunt then. You know, I was I was an infantryman, airborne infantryman, uh, staff sergeant. You know, I led soldiers, and I was a wild man. Mm-hmm. You know, my soldiers loved that about me. Cage fighter. I was a ca- I cage fought. Yeah, I started doing that for fun, just because it was just something I. Enjoyed doing, I guess. I grew up a wrestler, you know, and then um, once I got into the military, you know, you start learning combatives and things like that. And then I had met somebody that was um, in my platoon that was an MMA fighter, and I went to one training thing, and I got addicted to it immediately. And so, yeah, I was cage fighting. My All my soldiers would go watch me at my fights and stuff like that. And then, you know, and then on deployment, I was just, I was, I was a go-getter. I was, you know, focused on the mission that we were there to do, and that was to, you know, fight and kill the enemy mm-hmm. and uh and i was one of those ones that wanted to go out every single time every single night to do go do my job you know it's just the way i was and so and my soldiers they loved that about me they hated about me because that means they always had to work but right. you know they loved that about me and then they trusted me and so yeah that person I'm, I'm still that person i still have like that drive and that mentality you know um i feel like the military is kind of built the way i am now as far as like me training and everything like that like i do it's a mental thing, you know, when you, you jump out of an airplane, you got 50-pound ruck and a, right. a weapon. They say, oh, by the way, you just got done jumping on a plane at, you know, midnight. Now you're going to walk 25 miles back to the barracks, mm-hmm. you know. And 
you can be in the best shape of your life and yeah, you're going to walk it, but the mental part's going to come into aspect when you're at mile 12 and you're like, oh, I'm only halfway and now it's 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. or something like that, you know? So um, the military and everything like that built the way that I am as far as like my mental state, like um, being hard, I guess you could say. And um, that is like definitely come over to play into like what it is that I'm doing now. Sure. Um, I was definitely like that person that when I, uh, after I was injured and stuff like that, was kind of lost. Okay, you know, the military was like my career. I had gone in, I had a game plan when I was 19 years old. I'm going to go in, I'm going to retire at 39, mm-hmm. you know, and then uh, I'm going to be like, I'm going to like join like SWAT or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to, and then I'm going to retire there at 59. And I'm going to, 59 years old, still somewhat young, double dipping, you know, uh, retirement checks and just living good. That was like a game plan I had. And then, you know, it got cut short. So, you know, when it got cut short, I, what did I have to offer? Now I'm like this beat up, you know, I had this beat up body. And then all I did was jump out of the planes and shoot weapons. Mm-hmm. What can I bring? I can't be a cop because I can't really chase people because my body's so beat up. You know, I, I can't do it. There's a lot of things I couldn't do. I can't, there's no, nothing that I could offer somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't come to go to certain places like businesses and be like, oh, this is what I did. But I have no, I have nothing to follow behind it. Mm-hmm. I have no resume. You know, the only thing I had is that I was a leader. That was it. And, uh, so I went down like some, you know, I went down like some dark paths with myself and, um, um, I just was lucky enough to get like, you know, uh, have a point come in my life to where I wanted to fix myself. Mm-hmm. And then when I started fixing myself, I realized that I could maybe help fix people. And so that's basically how this all started. You know, it took one person, you know, well, it took myself to get myself right. But then it took one person to say, Hey, like, you know, what you're doing, you know, and this is just lifting. This is just me going to the gym and uh, me not being like very good at speaking, you know, just kind of, you know, and just putting up videos, you Mm -hmm. know, and to where it now I do, I Mm -hmm. travel all over doing speaking engagements and I go lift and, Mm -hmm. you know. So, so, I mean, as somebody, you were a wrestler, you were, you were a fighter, you obviously had some kind of relationship with the gym in the past. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, how, how did you sort of, engineered this new relationship was there was a moment where you sort of like this is the place i need to be well when i was in the when i was in the military i always did the the, the bro gym stuff sure you know uh-huh. curls for the girls you know uh-huh. type of thing you know friday night go in there get the pump in before i go out to the, cl- the bars or clubs and stuff that was i was always in shape i mean i ran a lot that was one thing that i don't get to do now because i'm just my body's just beat up a little bit differently now but i used to run a lot and, uh, um, and my gym sessions were just going to the gym and just working out. I was, I'm actually bigger now than I've ever been in my entire life, even when I was healthy and I never power lifted ever. Mm-hmm. Didn't even, wasn't in my realm. Didn't like think about those it. those three lifts. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was chest. Yeah. You're right. going to do chest buys, tries, you mm-hmm. know, shoulders, you know, just the basic stuff when I was, you know, in the army. And then like now yeah, I never done, I really didn't do squats back then. I just mm-hmm. didn't. And, uh, wasn't something, you know. Like, for some reason, I feel like squatting is like a huge thing now these last couple of years. Like, I feel like everybody started to squat now, which is awesome. Powerlifting but yeah, is huge. Powerlifting's, right? well, yeah, powerlifting is blowing up. And I, you know what? About two years ago, I told everybody, I said, if you're not in the business with powerlifting of some sort, you need to be mm-hmm. because it's about to blow up. I mean, CrossFit came through and it was a huge fad. It's still around. Don't get me wrong. It was huge. A lot of CrossFitters are going over to powerlifting now. Oh, yeah. You know? And, it's, and, I, and, and I remember doing a little fun CrossFit thing and it was like there was a deadlift ladder. And I was just there to speak. And then they, at the end, they're like, well, do you do the deadlift ladder? And I was like, I don't do CrossFit, man. I just, that's not him. They're like, well, just, you just go to, you do these reps, these reps, and then you get up to this heavy one, you do it for one. And it's time. And I was like, no, I can do that, I guess. Mm -hmm. It was crazy to me to see how many of the cross, I mean, I beat every CrossFit guy there because what they couldn't do is they couldn't lift the heavy weight at the end. Right. Mm -hmm. And they were stuck. Mm -hmm. Me, uh, me being strong, all I have to do is have somewhat of decent cardio and I'm going to get through that. But if, 
if I'm really strong and I can just get through those little weights and those little reps, I'm strong enough to pull that next weight at the very end to like win or not. You know what I mean? And so I kept telling a lot of people, I'm like, I don't know, don't know why the CrossFitters are not coming over to powerlifting to get stronger. And then all of a sudden it started happening right before I could even, you know, so I remember like two years ago now, now powerlifting is just, everybody's doing it. And the thing is with powerlifting though, as I'm a firm believer in, and with powerlifting, don't get me wrong, there are genetic freaks. There are out there. Ed Cohen, you know, Mark Bell. You've worked with both yeah, of Yeah, I, lo- right? bo- I love them. They're awesome. Ed Cohen is great. Mark's, you know Mark. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, been he's on awesome. The yeah, I yeah, love Mark. He's a great guy. And, uh, and I've been around all of those guys. And the thing is, though, with powerlifting compared to like bodybuilding, is anybody can get strong. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you, you can be the smallest guy ever. And you can, you can get strong and you can be a very competitive elite powerlifter if you want to be. With bodybuilding, you got to have genetics. You got to have your body's got to be built a certain way to be, you know, Phil Heath or something like right. that, or to be on that stage. You know, you got you to gotta have a genetic package and your body's got to be built a certain way. Mm-hmm. Powerlifting, no, no. If you just work hard, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, there are guys that are going to have to work harder than guys like, you know, Ed Cohen or Mark Bell and right. stuff like that, you know. But you can do it. Mm-hmm. And they've that was worked co- plenty hard. Too. What's that? They've worked oh, plenty absolutely, hard. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? But to get to that level, some people will have to work harder. There's some guys that are going to have to work less. Right. There's guys right now that I'm watching come through that are just, you're literally, there's guys out there right now that are watching like the Ed Cohen of our times come through right now. And it's impressive to see it. Mm-hmm. And um, especially for Ed holding that record, those records for so long. Um, but I think that's what people are starting to realize with powerlifting is that they can get stronger. And the good thing is that the powerlifting community is just a family too. Like me and you can be like, you're number one, I'm ranked number two. Mm-hmm. And when I'm going out there and I'm about to beat your record, you're cheering me on because you want to see it. Right. You want to see it. And it's just a great, it's fun. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's just a whole different atmosphere than any type of like fitness sport that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems like everybody's like, likes everybody and is together and wants to see everybody do like the best that they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think the old you l- looked at that sort of stuff and just thought it was kind of boring? It's like, you're just doing one lift. What yeah, yeah, that? absolutely. I mean, that wasn't something like I said, powerlifting, especially back then. I don't even know if really, I mean, powerlifting wasn't, nobody even talked about it, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, when you thought about powerlifting back then, it was like, oh, those big fat, those big fat guys that just, you know, nobody wants to look like that. You get it up any way you can. The, yeah, un- the ugliest deadlift were. in the world, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Yeah. But now you got the genetic freaks coming through that are just, mm-hmm. just Norris, guys like that, you know, that you guys, that works here. I mean, he's a freak, you know, and <laughs> he looks amazing. You know, some of these powerlifters now, they're no joke. They could step on a stage, bodybuilding stage in six to 12 weeks, mm-hmm. easy, yeah. you know? And That's so, the thing I'm always amazed by. I look at some of these guys and like, yeah, yeah like uh, they're uh, ready. Richard Hawthorne. Yeah. He's got, oh, yeah. and he, he's, he deadlifts 600 pounds for five reps at like 130 pounds. He's an amazing human being. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Yeah. yeah. He's, uh, I lifted with him for the first time in the animal cage last year at the Arnold. Mm-hmm. And that guy don't have to say much, but like when he's standing there getting ready to lift and you see tears coming out of his eyes, yeah. it's just there's so much passion, so much love. Video is amazing. Yeah. It's a, it, I mean, it even gives me chills now thinking about because I remember just sitting there and I, I mean, it's, it's Hawthorne, it's the ant, man. Right. We all know who he is, you know, and, and then finally me get to watch him and then he is a little guy, you know, he's shredded to the bone and then just to see how much passion and just everything he has, it's just Man, it was crazy to watch. You yeah, know? It's, it's crazy. He stands over the bar in this video that you can find online really easily for like five minutes. Yep. Just standing there with his eyes closed, getting ready for, for this one five rep set. Yep. It's it's a pretty mystical it looking. Is. It really is. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. I've never and the thing is, it's like it's not fake. You can feel it, you know, and that's how, like I said, in the cage last year, he was dead, same thing, kind of stood there for a minute before he got, you know, wild in there and and you just see tears coming out of his eyes. And I'm just like, Man, that's some real stuff. Yeah, that right guy there. that guy sees it. Yeah. Yeah. So now a lot of we, we do a lot of transformation stories and things on our site where it seems like somebody has a moment 
where it's like, all right, it all comes together. And they just sort of make that, that crucial decision where it's like, all right, I'm, I'm going on this way. I've got to, got to turn it this way. Um, what was that, what was that moment for you? Is that, I've heard about you talk about Disneyland. So yeah, my moment for me to like, of my, of getting out of my deep, dark hole that I was in, which was, you know, uh, uh, narcotics abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say I was an alcoholic, but I drank with the narcotics to make it, you know, you know, to get more of like a higher sure, guess sure. off it, you know, to feel a little bit more numb to everything. Um, and I, I, you know, yeah, I sat around literally for a year, played video games, popped those pills, drank beer, ate mm-hmm. pizza, and just like kind of just didn't do anything with myself. Like I said, I felt like I didn't have anything to give. Um, you know, I was bringing in a retirement check finally, mm-hmm. you know, and so I just didn't, I felt like this was, a, I don't know, I just, I just didn't know what I was going to do with myself. The, end and, the story uh, could end there if you're not get, careful. That's right? it. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the Disneyland thing. So my daughter, um, my daughter's two year birthday was coming up and, uh, we wanted to take her to Disneyland. And so, um, I mean, of course I love my daughter, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I, I want to do that so bad. So I was like, yeah, let's just do that. Yeah. It'd be awesome. You know? And so we went. And uh, we went to, we went and bought like three day pass. We, you know, stayed, we were going to stay at the Disneyland hotel, which is right on Disneyland. You know, we had gotten like the thing to where like when she goes in the room, it looks like Mickey Mouse had been in a room. And mm-hmm. so everything was great. You know, I was very excited about it. Um, I was really excited, you know, Disneyland. I had never been myself. And so I was excited, you know, and then the next morning came about and, you know, I, I, I have to like take pills because I'm in pain. You know, I am in pain, but I also right. take them because I just need to take them. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we head out, everything's great. And I walked a block and I was in so much pain, my leg, my legs, my, my prosthetic side, my other leg. And, uh, I had to sit down because I couldn't walk a very good distance on my leg. And that was due to the fact of, well, I'm not doing anything for myself except sitting on the couches all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I wasn't built to walk like that, you know, cause I haven't got myself up and doing it, you know? And so I sat down and then I was in pain. And of course, you know, my wife and daughter, they have to wait for me and we hadn't even made it into Disneyland. Um, if you ever been to Disneyland LA, you walk down to all the little like cool stores, you know, Rainforest Cafe. That's sure. where I sat down at right by there. Okay. Disneyland Hotel. So you know how close that is. That's pretty okay. dang close, about a block. And then we had another block to go just to even get into Disneyland. And so then we get there to the spot and then I had to stand in line. And then the pain just starts just killing me to stand for long periods of time in line. So then I start getting irritated, start getting like kind of angry because then I start sweating. And so like with sweat, pain and just everything, you know, the the person starts to change, you know, in a way. And you're just, you're irritable, you know. And then I realize I'm like not in a good mood. I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. And I, that I can't like do this, you know? And of course, you know, my wife tries to, you know, like, it's all right. We'll just, we'll just take it slow. We'll just go, you know, as fast as we can or whatever. We're here for three days, you know? And she goes, maybe we'll, today we'll just do this side. And the next day we'll do the other side. And then the last day we'll like decide on like certain ones to go do. And so she was trying, you know, trying to like get me, you know, to say positive about it, I guess, you know? And so I could, you know, continued on. And then, um, uh, just real, I just couldn't do it. Just realized that throughout the, later on throughout the day, um, I was just struggling. And then my wife said, why don't we just go back and to the hotel and we'll just take a nap because, you know, daughter's two years old. Let's okay. lay her down anyway. And uh, then we'll go out tonight. And, um, you know, that way you can rest on your legs a little bit. So I was like, you know, thanks. Okay, let's go. So then, you know, struggle to get back to the room. And then I finally just get in there and I can't, I'm, you know, I take my leg off. I sit down. I'm, you know, I'm starting to calm down a little bit. And then I, you know, I'm, but I'm upset with myself and everything else. And then, you know, the next morning, same thing. We start to take off. I walk a little bit further, but not as far, you know. And we only got through half that day until my wife's like, look, this is just too hard on you. And, uh, and uh, then it, that's when it kind of sat down, like it really, really hit me that like, wait, we have to leave Disneyland now because, mm. because I can't walk Disneyland. Mm-hmm. 
you know? And um, my wife doesn't want to like stick me in the room while her and my daughter go out and whatever. You know what I mean? And so, I don't know. I, I remember uh, just sitting there and just looking at my daughter and just being so mad at myself, you know? And then my wife had took a, phone, a picture of me and of my daughter on my phone and she's sitting on my lap and she's like, you know, she's two, but we had her like smiling and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had done a lot, uh, like to like dinner with the, the princesses and stuff mm-hmm. like that and whatever. And is my daughter going to remember that? No, right. she's not. But I'm going to remember that. And I still do. And that, you know, it was years ago. She's seven now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's five years ago. And I remember every little tiny thing because that's, it, it haunts me. Mm-hmm. It haunts me not to be that person again. And so, um, yeah, so basically after that, we were driving home. We packed up. We left early. And uh, I felt like you know, the biggest piece of shit you could possibly totally. feel like, you know, as a human being, you know, you know, especially as a father. And so I um, was driving home and I just remember looking at my wife and my wife really didn't know that I took the narcotics like that. You know, the thing is with me is I had an unlimited amount of them. Right. I had no problem getting them. I had a built up stock of them just because I just sometimes I wasn't taking them. So like I would get prescribed them and then I would be like in the hospital you know, so I wouldn't be taking their mine at home. I'd be taking theirs there, and then so I just had build you up had a of plan. Them. In I, had your pl- mind. I had plenty of them. You know, I just I did, I definitely at any time because I was in so much pain and, and I was like I was like really messed up. Mm-hmm. If I went to the doctor and said I need you know I need some pain meds, they had no problem giving them to me because I was in pain. You know, but I was taking them a little bit more and a little bit quicker and then I learned how to like take certain ones with certain ones to get more of that little. I mean, it was it had gotten down to like a weird point. You know. And, um, I, yeah, could I walk around without them? Uh, like sometimes, yeah, it wasn't that I needed them like that, but there was times that I, yeah, sitting around at home, um, or when I would get depressed, you know, or something like that. Yeah. You know, and at that time I wasn't sleeping very good. You know, I had, uh, you know, flashbacks, nightmares, stuff like that here and there. And so me going to sleep, I wasn't excited about to go to sleep right. at all. And I had taken every type of sleeping pill you can imagine, um, to try to help me. And it just, I don't like them. And so I just stayed up for days mm-hmm. there would be times where i would do like three-day bingers mm. and i would all i would do is play video games the thing is though with the video games was is a lot of people like why video games and the thing was because when i moved back to bakersfield i was never i never i didn't grow up there i grew up in a city an hour from there mm-hmm. so i had no no friends no no i didn't know anybody there the only people that were my friends were these people that i didn't even know that were in my headset right. that i knew at any given time that they're probably going to be online playing too and i knew about what time they were on and then if they weren't on, then there was another group that would come on because of the the, the, the time difference. So that was like me. That was like my way of being able like to be able to like socialize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and and I and I enjoyed it because sure. it got my mind off a lot of things. You know, and 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 that's You're just bullshitting like that probably reminds you a little bit of being in the army too. Right, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and 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 you know, and I don't know. I just they like I said, those are like the people the, that I could like talk to, and they didn't have no judgment. They didn't know me, you know. Um, we were just all like f- cool on there, you know. And so like, as weird as it sounds, those were like my friends at the time, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like helping me get through a lot, you know. I think it, if I didn't have that, maybe that I don't know. Maybe I would have been worse. Maybe I would have been taking the pills and like, you know, killed myself or something. Unfortunately, you know what I mean. I don't know, but. You know, the thing is, after Disneyland, I was driving home and I was, I felt like, you know, I felt horrible. And I, that's when I was like, I'm going to change my life now. And um, I went home that day, that night, as soon as we got home, long drive, long drive. And uh, they slept and I looked at them and I was like emotional and I was mad at myself. And uh, as soon as we got in, uh, I just bolted to the bathrooms 
and like to my bedroom and I got all every type. I mean, I, even ibuprofen, you yeah. know, every type of pill that you could imagine. And I got them and I started just dumping them. And uh, my wife's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I have to get rid of these. And I started explaining to her a little bit, you know, what was going on and stuff like that. And that I was taking quite a bit of them and I was like, they're bringing me down, you know. And, and at the time I was like, I don't want to sit there and say like I was admitting that I was like abusing them. Mm-hmm. I didn't admit it really to her. I just said that, you know, I want to get rid of them. Like I want to get off these things. Sure, they had a grasp over you definitely. Right. And the thing is with those, I got rid of those and then I went to the fridge. I got rid of all the alcohol, got rid of all the soda. And as petty as it sounds, I went to the cabinets and I got rid of like Doritos and everything like that. And everybody's like, why Doritos? I'm like, because that's part of the demon. That's part of like everything that I was doing. And I want to get rid of it all, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, if I, if it, even at the minor things, sometimes you have to get rid of because it could mm-hmm. remind you of like something. Now, can I go eat Doritos? Absolutely. You know, but during that time, it was just, a, it was a way of me just getting rid of everything that was going bad at that time. Mm-hmm. And then I went through three days of just some of the worst withdrawals. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I went, I mean, I cold turkeyed it and it was horrible yeah. and I was sick and, um, and I was in pain and a lot of pain, you know, I hadn't functioned off painkillers. Oh man, probably three years. I mean, and people are like three years. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, I think I was in Walter Reed hospital in the hospital for a year. Right. I was in bedridden for four months straight. Mm. And then they put me out a little hotel. Like, well, it's like, they call it a hotel, but it's like, Right outside the hospital, they kind of help you start living again, like right. getting back on, like learning how to live again. And you know, I was in a wheelchair, but every morning I got up, I was at the hospital until the evening time. Mm-hmm. So for a year, I lived in that Walter Reed. And then I transferred to Balboa where I finished up the other 15 surgeries that I had to go through. And I lived in the hospital there for two and a half years as well, in and out. Wow. And every single day I reported to the hospital. That was my job is to get healthy physical therapy. So yeah, for three years, you know, I was on meds and stuff like that, you know? And so kicking it was very, very hard, mm-hmm. you know, but like I said, you know, the mental part of me was like, it's ready to, let's do this. And it was horrible. Mm. I think I ate like two things of like chicken noodle soup and that was about it. And I couldn't, I just couldn't, I was just, it was horrible. Mm. And, uh, after coming out of that, it like, I never want to be, go through that again. Right. You know, um, I barely take pain pills now. I don't, well, I don't take any pain pills. I'm talking about like an ibuprofen or something like mm-hmm. that. And my wife has to beg me to take something. And a lot of times I'll just tell her no. And I just deal with it. And I've been doing that for some years now. So you have a different re- relationship with pain then, it sounds like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the mind is very, very, is a very amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the pain that I've, went, okay, for example, when I first started powerlifting, the pressure that was inside my socket was insane. Mm-hmm. Hurt so bad to where like when I started deadlifting, I would just immediately start pouring sweat because I was in so much pain. That weight doesn't even bother me now mm-hmm. at all. Because I've just built, I've built myself around it. It's just gotten, the, the mind has gotten like, I guess like this is normal. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I feel like the mind can do that. And so, yeah, the pain, I mean, there will be times where I'm standing around and I, I am hurting and I start to sweat a little bit, but I fight it mm-hmm. because I know the next time I do it, I'm like, I already done this. It's the same thing with like when I was in the military, when I say jumping on a plane and ruck marching, you know, mm-hmm. the first time was 10 miles. The next time was 20 miles. Next time was 25 miles. You know what I mean? And then when they're like, all right, we're going to do a 10 mile line. Psh, yeah, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's basically how I've just used that military, to, like with me and the lifting and the pain and everything else as well. And yeah, the mm-hmm. pain has definitely just gone away. Um, not completely. Obviously, I'm in pain all the time. Every morning, I'm in chronic pain every day, all day. Um, but the more that I'm doing things, the more active that I am, it's just getting it's getting better and better and better. Mm-hmm. And then the different challenges and obstacles that I'm putting myself through, the things like I didn't think that I was going to be able to do, and I do them. That 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 really that kind of pushes me and motivates me, and I don't even really mind the pain so much. Mm. Interesting. So your story is unique, but it's also 
somewhat common in the sense that there's a lot of guys like you that are coming back injured and they're going through that kind of Absolutely. dark place. Yeah. Talk about just that first few weeks coming back into the gym, because I think that's where a lot of people struggle. It's like, how do I start? Right. No, absolutely. I do. Yeah. So (laughs) I have this thing with men. We're egotistical dudes. That's (laughs) we all, first off, you don't have an ego. You got to, you know, you're probably not a man. You know what I mean? Cause you got to have an ego as a man. Uh, That's just the way we're built. But when we go to the gym, we're all wanting to be the biggest, strongest, baddest dude in the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, it don't matter. I don't care who you are. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I got that leave the ego at the door thing. I got that. Like, I do. But when you're just, you know, the guys that are just starting out, I mean, I was there. I was, when, and that's, when I started getting better and I went, that's when I started going back to the gym. But when I went to the gym, I was so insecure with myself because, you know, I was 160 five pounds maybe or something like that, you know? So I wasn't the same as I was before I got injured. And so that bothered me, one, because now I'm in the gym. I used to be like a decently in shape guy. Now I'm the the skinniest guy, the smallest guy, the weakest guy. And now I'm like missing a leg. I don't walk very good. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying, I'm going to have to figure out everything on like how to use the equipment again because I don't really remember too much of it. And because it had been years since I'd really trained, you know, and worked out or anything. And so and it's, it's so funny because so many things had changed from that time. In the three years that I didn't work out to when I went in there, so much had changed. Supplementation, right. oh, yeah. the training styles and everything. So I was like new, you know. Um, and I went in there and I wore sweatpants and I wore like, you know, long shirts and stuff like that because I was just embarrassed. I was, I was um, insecure with my leg and everything like that. And so, um, yeah, I just started going in there. And the thing is, what happens is, is uh, uh, I call it like, the, it's like the, just the, the first two weeks as the hardest, as the hardest. But I feel like if you can get through those, mm-hmm. even after two weeks, you start, you, you do, you really do start seeing some things start to change. Um, if you're a smaller guy, yeah, you're going to start seeing like your body get a little bit fuller because now you have blood flow going in your muscles and things like that now. So immediately you're going to be like, dang, two weeks I put on, I look, I look better already. Right. And I feel like if you can get through those two to three weeks, you know, and let it, allow it to let it like build structure for you, mm-hmm. um, it becomes an addiction. Um, and I think that's like the, that's the struggle where people have to get through is like, just get through the first two to three weeks. Um, go in there, you know, especially the first week, go in there and just kind of learn a little bit first. Mm-hmm. Don't go in there trying to go crazy, you know, go in there and get the basics down, you know, and the, uh, the form down and things like that. Um, that was one thing that I actually wanted to do when I was got in there. I was trying to like relearn everything again because my mechanics were a little bit different mm-hmm. um, than what they were, um, you know. But one thing I did notice is like when I was walking in there, I did have like a little of a, a little bit of a limp, you know, when I walk. I don't limp now. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, if I wear jeans, people don't know. I mean, I can't, I don't have that. I used to have a handicap placard. I don't have it anymore. And when I would park, I would, you know, I had this big lifted truck. I'd put the handicap placard up and I'd hop out of the truck and I'd take off. And I would come out there and there used to be cops up behind my truck because somebody had called and said, you know, this guy just jumped out of his truck and took off and, and then the, I'm wearing jeans so they don't know. Mm-hmm. And then I have to explain to the cop, like, no, I'm an amputee. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. And I show them and they freak out, you know, because you just can't tell. Right. And that kind of motivated me a lot to continue to, you know, mm-hmm. training. But what I noticed is, like, if I was in the gym, I had a limp, I started carrying around 20-pound dumbbells. Next you know, I'm carrying around 40-pound dumbbells. Next you know, I can grab 100-pound dumbbells. I'm walking around the gym carrying 100-pound dumbbells. And if I can walk around the gym carrying 100-pound dumbbells, how good do you think my walk's going to be when I don't carry any dumbbells? Mm-hmm. The core gets stronger, everything gets stronger. So that was that was basically me. I started seeing everything get a little bit better. I start my 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 um, my cardio started getting a little bit better. My rep scheme started getting a little bit better. You know, I was, you know, I could only do five. Now I can do eight. Now I can do ten. And um, that was in the first few weeks. And so, yeah, for guys that are just starting out, like it'll come, mm-hmm. it comes. It's just like, are you willing to like stay in the gym and see the transformation? And it doesn't happen quick. 
Mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning, I feel like everything kind of happens quick in the beginning, but then you're going to hit that like little plateau. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you go and you, you know, you take it to another level. Now you intensify everything. Mm-hmm. Now let's get your nutrition dialed in, mm-hmm. you know, and let's really start pushing. And so with people that are just starting out, just keep going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just keep going because it's going to change. And at that point, was, was your goal just get in shape? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, the, when I went to the gym, it was for me to get in shape, me to be able to go to Disneyland, mm-hmm. walk Disneyland. Matter of fact, two years, was it two years later, maybe three, one year later, I went to Disneyland. I owned Disneyland. Mm-hmm. My daughter was going to sleep before I was done. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I mean, I went both, I went three days, both sides. I mean, I was moving out there in Disneyland. That was all due to me going to the gym and getting myself in shape mm-hmm. and getting my um, body used to being the way it is now. And, and, and learning and dealing with the pain. And don't get me wrong, when I went to Disneyland and owned it, I mean, I was in pain. There was a couple of times that I sat down, you know, here and there, but it was nothing like the first, I mean, I went all three days this time and had one of the best times ever, hmm. you know? And so, um, and that was due to the gym. That's exactly, okay. absolutely what it was. When the gym changed, when, when it changed for me to go from like just the gym to like what it is that I do now was uh, I was in the gym one day. And um, this is when I decided I was like, I really want to try to learn how to squat. So I was trying to learn how to squat. And now I look at them, and I'm like, those are the most horrendous squats I've ever seen. <laughs> now I look back on them. At the time, I thought they were epic, you know. Um, and there was this bodybuilder, a uh, local bodybuilder in my city, and he, uh, I asked him for a spot. You know, I was like, hey, can you spot? We're good friends, gym friends, you know. And I, he said, yeah, what are you going to do? I was like, well, I'm going to try to free squat today. I was like, I haven't been able to really do it too much, but I'm going to try to get after it today. So I started doing it, and then I got all the way up to like 315 or something like that. And he's like, can I record this? And I was like, for what? Because I had no social media. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, into it at all. I think when I was doing social media back then, it was like MySpace. You right. know, I didn't even know what Instagram really, <laughs> really, really was, you know? And so he, I was like, I guess, man, like, what do you want to do with it? He goes, man, you don't understand. Like, what you're doing is motivating. I was like, yeah, but it doesn't look good at all. You know, I was like, it doesn't look good. He goes, it doesn't matter. It's the point that you're out there trying. There's guys that won't even squat, you know, that won't even do it. And here you are, you know, struggling. It hurts and, you know, you're missing a leg and everything else that's wrong with you and you're trying. Mm. And so I was like, sure, man, I guess, you know. And so he did. And then um, he showed me it and I was like, that looks disgusting. And uh, <laughs> he said, it doesn't matter. You know, he's like, can I post it on my Facebook? He's like in a closed Facebook group thing mm-hmm. um, with all bodybuilders and stuff like that in it. And so I was like, I guess, man, go ahead. And like an hour later, he screenshots me this picture of all these people, you know, tripping out that I was even tempted and motivated and just saying how awesome that is. And like, what's his like social media name? Where, does, where can we find him? And, and I was like, wow. I was like, really? Just me? What? You know? Mm-hmm. And so he told me, he's like, look, do you need to do it? You can motivate some people with this, you know, and I, I sat around on it. I said, oh, maybe I'll think about it. And then, um, and then I started it and it was like, I forget what, a, I don't even remember what the Instagram name was when I first started it. Mm-hmm. And I just started posting some things and it started growing a little bit here and there. And then, um, and then a big like fit. So a big fitness icon eventually. Okay. Let me, before that. So bef- before all that, I really started getting into fitness and then when he told me that, I was like, okay, I'm going to really try to do this, I guess. So I started going to like fit expos and I was st- just like everybody else. I was standing in line just like everybody else to meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember standing in a line for two hours to meet Jay Cutler one time, mm-hmm. um, Rich Piana, mm-hmm. uh, C.T. Fletcher, certain people, you know, like, you know, Dana Bailey when they were, you know, like was that's 
you know, that's those are the big people back when I was like, you know, they're still big. They're Don't still get me wrong, big. they're still yeah. big. But yeah. when I was coming through, they like they were like the pinnacles, like they were like the 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 beginning of it all, like the social media and like the fitness world, really to me, of like standing in line and waiting for people, you know, and stuff like that. And so I, that's who I went there to go see, and I remember standing in line getting a picture. Dana Bailey will probably don't even remember, but I remember sitting there and we had like these protein donuts with her and she, she was like prepping and she wanted that protein donut so bad, so bad. And we just let her have it. And she's like, maybe I'll get a cheat later on and stuff like that. You know, um, CT Fletcher, I kind of liked him a lot. I liked mm-hmm. his style. Um, just everything about him, you know, cause he was kind of like me. He was like, he has his heart thing. So he's like, had bounced right. back from it, you know, and he was just an animal and I liked his like training scheme and the way he was. And so I idolized him a lot when I was kind of coming through. And, um, I remember one day I was, you know, I was like, I'm just gonna go out to Metroflex. Well, that's when CT and them sure. were there. Mm-hmm. CT, Mike Rashid, uh, Big Rob and all mm-hmm. those guys. And I was like, I'm going to go there. And, uh, I went there and uh, showed up, and C.T. Fletcher wasn't there. But Mike Rashid and Big Rob and those guys were there. And I was still at the same point where I was still wearing sweatpants and stuff like that. I'm not fully, like, comfortable with myself yet. Um, I'm not built real well yet, but I'm just getting there. Mm-hmm. And I still have the picture on my phone. I'll never – I still have it because <laughs> I like to look at it back, you know. I like, But I go in there, and I just am tripping out that I see, like, Big Rob, Mike Rashid, and all these guys. Like, I can see them. I'm like, dang. Like, I know those guys. That's crazy, you know. And so I walk up and I say, hey, like, I'm not trying to mess with you guys' workout. Like, I just want to say, like, you guys, what you guys are doing, the way you guys are training, it, like, motivates me. And, like, I, you know, I love everything you guys are doing. And they were like, oh, man, we were pushing, especially Big Rob. Big Rob's a very nice guy. He's awesome. He's a monster. Right. But he's, like, the biggest teddy bear ever. He's such a good dude. And as I'm walking off, he was like, hey, he goes, you want to work out with us? And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, man. He goes, but if you do, there's no quitting. Like you, you're going to finish it. You're going to do it. You don't have to go as much. You don't have to go as heavy. It's not about heavy. That's about finishing the workout. And I was like, dude, that would be awesome. So I worked out with these guys. And then when I got done and the whole time we're working out, they have no idea I'm an amputee. They have no clue. Well, at the end, I'm pretty worn out. I'm pretty tired. And I started kind of like, I had like this little limp going because I'm just worn out. Mm-hmm. Squat workout? No, it was, it was, no, it wasn't. It's just mm-hmm. period. Me going like that, standing like okay. that and training and moving around is just, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I, I get that sometimes. You know, my body's just, you know, I'm dragging around a piece of, right. you know, carbon fiber around. So it just gets tiring. And so Big Rob goes, hey, man, you all right? And I was like, what? I was like, yeah. He goes, well, you're limping. I said, oh. I was like, yeah, no, I'm good, man. He's like, you sure, dude? And I was like, yeah. I was like, well, I was like, I was like Rob, I'm an amputee. And he was like, what? He's like, no. I was like, yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm an amputee, man. And he's like, he's like, looking around like there's no way. And so I was like, look. And I pull up my leg. He goes, oh, my God. He goes, what the hell? You know, he goes, you didn't tell us. And, he, and they were like, because they were, they were, you know, getting in me. You know, they were digging into me some. And mm-hmm. I said, what? I don't want, don't feel bad. Like, that. because like, I'm an amputee. I don't want your sympathy. You know, like, I love that. That was awesome. And then he goes, no, bro, you got to come outside and talk to Mike before he leaves. Mike's going to trip. So Mike was sitting in his tundra with his son. And Rob comes like, dude, this, you got this dude, like, he's crazy. He's an amputee, and he got blown up in Afghanistan. And Rob's telling him, like, this fast-paced stuff. And Mike Rashid looks at me, and he's like, dang, dude, really? Like, wow, man. Like, I had no clue, bro. Like, mad respect, you know? And, and I was like, dang, he goes, hold on, hold on. So he gets his phone out, and he's like, look, I'm going to turn his phone on. I want you to tell me what it is that you what, – what tell the people something, you know, whatever. So I'm – long story short, I end up telling Mike – I remember that day telling Mike because he said, well, what do you want to do? And I just remember looking at him and being like, I want to do what you're doing. I want to like somehow become something in the fitness industry to where like I can help and motivate people. I said, I don't know what it is I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it. But I said, maybe like one day, like I want to do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And years later, mm. here we are. Wow. You know, doing it. And Mike, you know, 
calling me and asking if I want to come do video collabs and CT Fletcher and me have shot videos now. And, you know, so it's like, you know, two, you know, years ago, I, I set that goal out to do that. And I just kept going to fitness expos, kept traveling around. That's one thing. Always people are like, well, how'd you do it? I really, I put 60,000 miles on my car in one year. That's how I did it. Mm-hmm. I took weeks and weeks away from my family. That's how I did it. You know? And, uh, um, I was on the road constantly because I was I I fi- I just felt like it was something that I could do, whether or not I knew there was going to be like money in it, and eventually to like help me out with my family. Or I didn't know. I didn't know what it was going to do, but I know that I wanted to do it, and uh, I knew that it gave me like purpose, mm-hmm. and it was changing my life as I was doing it. And so yeah, I started traveling around, and uh, next thing you know, I had like I guess my big break with the fitness industry was Rich Piana came to my hometown, and he uh, he came to a nutrition store. I was same like person just like everybody else. Rich Brown is coming. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go check him out. This is cool. So I go down there. He's there, and then uh, I, I'm not I'm not one of the ones that gets like excited where like I'm bombarding him. I just kind of hang out and wait off to the side. I'm like, and, and the nutrition store is my friend's store, so I'm like hanging out and helping sure. him set up booths and do whatever. And so I didn't really talk to Rich the whole day, and uh, but I was wearing shorts at this time. This is by the time I'm like pretty comfortable with myself. I don't care anymore. I rock it, you know, and. Rich ended up asking uh, my friend who owns a store, like, hey, what's up? Who's this guy? Like, what's up? What's his story? Mm-hmm. You know? And then he tells him everything. And then um, Rich comes over. He goes, hey, after this, you want to sit down and, like, talk a little bit? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so we did. And we sat down, and he was nicest guy ever. So we hear over and over again about Rich Piana. Nicest, yeah. I mean, nicest guy ever. Like, was like, you know... I was really close with Rich, you know, before his passing. And I was part of that whole, like, you know, his little nutrition team and all that when I first started. And... Rich wanted to see people succeed. He, the one thing he wasn't about is he wasn't about like not seeing people succeed because he was like, you know, the big guy, he, he wanted to see everybody do it. And that was one thing that he told me, you know, I remember sitting there and I mean, the guy had no reason to, no reason to, but he said like, you want to shoot a video? And I was like, what? I was like, yeah. I was like, man, I'll come down to LA anytime. You just tell me. He's like, no, today. Do a 12 hour arm workout today. (laughs) He goes, no, today. Like we'll go to your gym in front of your people and we'll do something. And I was like blown away mm-hmm. because the guy just drove, drove down to out from LA just for this little meeting thing. Now he's taking even more time on his way up to Sacramento and he had to drive all this. He had to drive to Sacramento that day. And I was freaked out. I was like, Oh man, this is crazy. I'm gonna shoot a video with Rich Piana. You know, he was, he's one of the biggest ones in the industry, you right. know, four hour waits. I've seen it in firsthand at body power in UK. Mm-hmm. And we, we gave a kid extra supplements to see how long it took him to get to the front line. Three hours and 45 minutes <laughs> that kid waited. And so, uh, I know, I remember him, we shot a little video on the couch right there talking about me and talking, you know, everything. And then he said, all right, I'll follow you to the gym. So he gets in his car. I get in my big truck. I'm calling all of my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, <laughs> guys go to the gym right now. If you worked out, doesn't matter. Rich Pound is coming to our gym right now. And I was at like, you know, like a chain gym, nothing mm-hmm. crazy. And so I show up there and the gym's packed, you know, with everybody showing up. Cause I was calling everybody. And, uh, so we got in there and we shot a video and, uh, it was the, squ- it was a squat video. Rich wanted to see me squat. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. Rich spotted me <laughs> and, you know, we shot this whole great video. It was awesome. He pushed me real hard. And then after that he could have left, but he didn't. He said, you want, he goes, you want to go have a pancake eat off? I was like, what? He goes, is there a Denny's or an IHOP around here? And I was like, yeah. So he's like, grab some of your body, your boys, your bodybuilder friends. Let's go. And we're going to see who can eat the most pancakes. And we all were like in our like 20 something pancakes there. Right. Rich beat everybody. The guy can eat. <laughs> I would say that. But he, and, 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 and I didn't know what was going to come out of it. He didn't say like anything to me about like the video, what he was going to do with it or anything. I didn't have a clue. Um, but after that night, he shook my hand. He said, man, you're awesome. 
He goes, and you know, he goes, you can help a lot of people. And he goes, and you can do something in the industry. There's nobody like you. He goes, but it's going to take you to figure that out. Right. You know, you have to find a little niche or something like that. And I was like, you know, shook his hand and I left. And he, you know, it was craziest thing ever. And then no joke, two days later, I'm laying in bed next to my wife. And I had my um, notifications on my Instagram because I didn't get like a lot of anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, it wasn't anything big ever. And my phone started going insane. And I was like, what is that about? It can't be the video that I, I, I posted of me and Rich. You know, it's like, no way. And Rich had posted me on his social media, on his Instagram. And then um, a little clip video, you know, of it, of a video that he was going to have put out on his YouTube. And that was the start of it. That's when, you know, I went from like 200 to 2000 and then eventually me doing more 2000 to 4000. And, and I remember I started, you know, seeing it grow and I started working harder and I was like, okay, now we have, now he gave me the opportunity and that's what he told me. He's like, I gave it to you. Here it is. Here's the reins. Now what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. He's like, now it's up to you. He's like, I can't, do, I can, I'm, I'm going to help you, but I can't do anything else for you. This has to be you. And he uh, said, what I'll do is he goes, I would like to have you as a sponsored athlete with our team. And, um, so I said, okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, so I did that. And then, um, as it would go and I would start to like learn more about like who I want to be and what I want to do, like that, uh, mentality, like the 5%, like mentality, I guess, you know, wasn't like who I wanted to be as far as in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, not just that it's rich piano 5%, you know, it's not anything else. Right. It's totally it's, tied to rich. It's rich. Forever, and yeah. you can be a part of the group. And I think, and I always, everybody always asks me like, what do you think about that? I said, look, if you can get the opportunity to go with them, they have a great networking and marketing team. Like they're great. Like they're going to promote you. Mm-hmm. And that's a good place to see if people are actually going to even like really respond to you or not. And so it kept going, kept growing. I did a lot with rich for about a year. Um, I went to the UK with them, you know, we did a lot. And then I remember one day I went to his house and I uh, said, hey, I said, Rich, I said, I think I want to try to do my own thing. And it was hard for me to tell him that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was scared to tell him that because I didn't want him to be like, well, you're off the team. Get out of my house. You know, I don't know. He's the boss, you know, and I didn't know how it was going to go. And he said, you know what? You should. He goes, you should. He goes, you're going to have to work hard, though, and you're going to have to continue working hard. Mm-hmm. He goes, but you need to find your niche. You got to find something. Give people what makes you different from that other amputee or what makes you different from that other guy over here. And that's what you have to do. That's what the industry is about. Cause he goes, there's a billion physique aesthetic guys. There's, you can go on Instagram right now. And like, there's, I, I can look easily look through the explore feed and there's a hundred for these guys that have great physiques, right. but not everybody knows who they are mm-hmm. because there's so many of them. So I remember one day Rich sitting there telling me, he's like, you just need to get as big as you can put on some size and just lift weight. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about your aesthetics. Don't worry about nothing. Just lift because that's what's going to motivate people. And he says, if you need any help or you have any questions, you know, you can always ask me. That's the kind of guy he really mm-hmm. was. And so I left that house that day and I was on my own right then and there. You know, he went and let people know that, you know, I wasn't with them anymore and nothing, nothing crazy. Just to let, you know, he's going to do his own thing now, you know, and, um, that's, that's, that was his whole goal for me when I first came there is what he said. You know, he goes, you know, don't ride this, don't ride the coattail too long mm-hmm. because then you get branded out of that. And that's who, that's all people are going to know you as is like the 5%, whatever. And I said, no, absolutely. You know, so I did, I started getting on my own and then, uh, started pushing myself and my brand, my, my, my way. Um, the powerlifting thing came into play. When one day I decided to go to um, um, watch uh, the Nationals in Vegas, um, I had some friends competing there, and so I was like, oh, "I'm gonna go watch." You know, sure. never thought about powerlifting ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had no. At this time, I still had no clue what I was gonna do. 
And then I You're remember, still squatting ugly at this point? Yeah, yeah. I was still trying to, I was like, I was squatting a lot like a bodybuilder. Like I would try, I was, I would get in Smith machines and stuff because I could do really good form sure. in Smith machine and really contract the muscles very good. So I was in the Smith machine a lot, um, not doing a lot of free squatting, um, not deadlifting at all, um, just bodybuilding kind of a thing bro gym stuff basically, mm-hmm. you know, just, tra- just working out, you know, um, not putting out any like high end videos or anything like that. But yeah, I ended up going to Vegas and, um, Brandon Allen, this guy named Brandon Allen, he's like a world-class power lifter comes out and he has this girl named Gracie V behind him and they are just so ramped up. And I felt like I was like back in like, like as if I was getting ready to cage fight again. Mm-hmm. And I just felt this adrenaline and this passion and everything. And this was years ago. And I just remember the whole thing, the way everything felt, the way everything was, I was like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I was like, this this right here is like different than like bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. This right here is intense. There's, there's a lot of adrenaline and I'm an adrenaline guy that, and I was, this is what I want to do. So then I was like, oh, but I wonder how many amputees are doing this mm-hmm. or is it even possible? You know, because the, the squat, the squat depth, that's a whole other animal than like gym squatting or whatever, you know. It's a, you got to hit deep on these squats. And so I started looking it up there's, there's some amputees that were out there doing it, but nothing like respectable weight, really. Kind of like they're just going out there to just kind of do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was not me. And then I was like, not just that, like, I do not want to compete like in a, any adaptive right. thing at all. Mm-hmm. I said, I want to compete against, I want to be out here and, you know, against these guys. Do you think training with Mike Rashid and those guys when they didn't know that you were an amputee, did that sort of play into that where it's like, you know what? I don't want to be in the adaptive. I want to be, I want to be with everybody. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That, that was my whole thing is, yeah, I'm, I'm missing a body part. My legs beat up, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. But, you know, I couldn't walk Disneyland before. And now I can walk Disneyland, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a mentality, you know. And so I was like, there's got to be ways to do things. You just have to figure it out. It's just going to sure. be different. And uh, you, I, I knew that I was going to have to work harder than the normal person because I'm at a disadvantage. So no matter what, I'm at to work harder, train harder, mm-hmm. put my body through more, more pain and everything like that. And so, yeah, so I remember just looking up online, couldn't find anything that was like, you know, could really couldn't find anything. It's still hard to find stuff. Yeah. Power <laughs> yeah, I really couldn't find stuff on it, you know. And then, especially with like amputees, mm-hmm. was, you know, you, like as an amputee, you're not sitting there thinking like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, put 500 pounds on my back and walk it out and squat. You just don't think mm-hmm. that, you know what I mean? And so I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, and uh, I'm going to eventually step on a platform against able body athletes and I'm going to compete. And when I compete, I'm going to compete and I'm coming for them. Mm-hmm. And so I left that thing with my boys in the car and I remember telling them, I was like, dude, you guys are going to see me do this. I'm going to do this. They're like, dude, you should. It'd be awesome. And, and so I ended up leaving the bro gym and a local powerlifting gym was there in my town. So I drove down there and I walked in and the guy that owns it named Lord Elliot. Um, he works with the USPA and I walk in and he had his, his gym was it's bigger now. It's great. Now it was real small. And I remember just walking in, I'm in shorts, I'm pumped. Like, I'm like, first day powerlifting, here we go. And I go in, I say, hey, my name's, you know, Casey Mitchell, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, man, and he goes, oh, how, you know, how are you doing? Like, what can I do, you know? And I said, um, I was like, actually, like, everybody's telling me that I need to come here and talk to this guy named, like, Lord, like, Lord Elliot. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's me. I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? He goes, I was like, he goes, oh, what can I, you know, what's going on? I said, I want a power lift. And he, I remember him looking at me and he looks down at my leg and looks at me and I was like, I know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, just like that. I said, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, what, like push, pull or like, you know, deadlift, bench press. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. I was like, maybe starting out. I was like, but I want to I be a full power lifter. Like, I want to do it all. 
And he goes, yeah, you know, maybe we can work out some things. Like we'll set something like maybe like some adaptive things that we, and I was like, no, I was like, no, I said, like, no, I want to compete. Like I want to be a competitor in the USPA with no limitations, no regulations, no nothing. I don't want sympathy. I don't want nothing. I just want to be a power lifter. And the look on his face was just like one, he was stunned because mm -hmm. that I wanted to do it. And he just knew how hard it was going to be because he has been in the powerlifting industry his whole life. Right. Um, and so he knew what it, what it was going to consist of. And so he kind of started helping me out, started coaching me and said, hey, if you want to do it, we, we, can, we can try. We're, we can figure it out. But it's going to take a lot of work. And I said, I don't care. I want to do it. So I started doing it. I started training it. He started training me. And I remember going there my very first time really doing a deadlifting, um, a deadlifting workout. My lower back was just killing me. Just, it got so tight. He would have me go sit on this leg press machine and stretch my, like, stretch, stretch my back out and things like that. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved every second of it. Mm -hmm. And um, I kept coming back and I kept coming back. And uh, next thing you know, I went and did a um, push pull at Camp Pendleton in California. And um, I was a nervous wreck. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, did it. And then people were just freaking out over that. So I'm like, man, imagine what people see when I do this eventually one day. Because mm -hmm. I was only box squatting. I hadn't been able to get everything down to like free squat yet. I was still learning. I was putting up very good weight with box squatting, which box squatting is hard because you come mm -hmm. to a complete stop. It's, sure. an, it's a whole other animal. It's enough for most it, people. It's, it's <laughs> enough. Yeah. And so I was doing that. And I was getting very strong at that. I mean, I was getting up in the you know high 400s, low f uh, 500s box squatting. So I was getting strong. And... Um, Gracie V saw me at that comp. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, she tracked me down and got a hold of me. And she's like, I want to coach you for your first powerlifting meet. Like, I want to be the one that does this for you. Like, she was just, she's very passionate about powerlifting. And she, uh, I was like, she's like, who's coaching? I said, nobody. Because at the time, Lord was just running his business. So he wasn't right. coaching me. And so I said, no, nobody's really coaching me. I said, I just kind of, you know, had this guy named Jensen help me out with getting to this comp. Like, he powerlifts. So he just kind of helped me out and prepped me a little just bit for this programming comp. Programming. A little stuff. bit of programming at the end, towards the end, because um, I kind of hit him up late about it. So you're sort of freehanding your programming? I was. Uh -huh. Yeah, I was. And, um, so Gracie started coaching me, and then I remember just one day I was in the gym, and I was with my guys, and I just had the box squad all set up, and I just said, you know what? Let's just get rid of that today. Pull the box. Let's just do it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but let's do it. Like, as I'm coming down, you, like, pull the box from underneath me. He's like, no. He goes, dude, it's different. No. <laughs> and he like, dude, because that would be horrible fall. I said, you know what? Forget it. Let's just throw 235 pounds on less squat and let's see how it goes. And... I was stressed out. It was, you know, a little bit different for me. And then all of a sudden I just did it and I hit the squat depth and I hit it deep. Mm -hmm. And I have, I have that picture still, you know, and, uh, and I posted it and I, that was when I was like, I'm, it's on now. And I remember posting like goodbye box squat that, uh, you know, get ready for me. Cause here I come. And then I, and then I posted it and I, but then I put a side shot and everybody couldn't believe how deep I was. I couldn't believe how deep I was. And so that's when it's, that's when it really started for mm -hmm. me. And I was like, now I'm really going to train. Gracie freaked out, you know. She's like ready, you know, to get after it as well as I was. Because, I mean, it was literally over a year to be able to do that. It took that long. You know, so I tell guys about going into the gym, you know, mm -hmm. a year and a half <laughs> to be able to do what it is that I did. Carrying 20-pound dumbbells around. I mean, it, year, more than that, when I started finally powerlifting, I mean, you're talking three years from the time I finally stepped into a gym to where I was at mm -hmm. powerlifting, you know, three years. And that was the thing I just never quit. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I kept lifting, I kept my body shape, but then I powerlifting, I just never quit. And I'm a year and a half to be able to squat, free squat, long time of like, and don't get me wrong. A lot of times I was driving and I, we drive and like, maybe I'm just not going to do this. Maybe I can't, maybe it's not possible. Maybe that's why there are no amputees really doing this, you know, cause it's hard. The squat right. is hard. Deadlifting is hard. You know, the bench pressing is not that bad because you know, I'm not using really my leg too much, but, uh, and then I did it. And then like, 
it was like one of the greatest days of my life because I had, that was like the overcoming for me. I finally like felt like I just became like a straight up athlete now. Mm-hmm. And so then I started training and then I picked out a comp and then five weeks up from my comp, I blew my right leg out bad, bad. Um, while I was squatting while training while training with my dad. I, so I went to my old high school to speak at the high school. And then, um, that night was a football game and they were having me walk the team out. So I had a lot going on that day. So I was like, you know, what'd be cool. My dad went to the same high school that I did. I was like, you know what, dad, would be cool. Like, why don't me and you go get like a session into that gym where you trained and I trained like, you know, back in the day. Mm. And he was like, yeah. So me and my dad are in there and we're with the athletic director. My the athletic director was one of my football coaches back then. And so we're in there and we're squatting and I was squatting like, I think it was like four, I was doing like 450 for a double or triple mm. or something like that. And on my third one, um, as I was going down, I just felt my right leg just like immediately tighten. And I was like, what is that? And then I was like, I got back up. My dad's like, you good? I was like, yeah. Man, that was weird. I'm good. You know, I'm good. And there was nothing there. I walked around fine. Two hours later, my leg swelled and you couldn't even touch it. it was, I was in so much pain. And then it bruised and then mm-hmm. I had torn a bunch of stuff in there. And so I had to back out of my first meet and oh. that devastated me to have to do I Which the thing was, I wasn't though. I didn't back out till about a week out because mm-hmm. I was uh, doing uh, all kinds of crazy therapy trying to right. get it to anything to get up there. I just didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. quit. I just kept trying. And then I finally, like the bruising was still even there. And I just told everybody, I was like, I'm sorry. But I just like, I want to perform and I just can't get up. I can't even squat. It hurts so bad. And so I put it off. I rehabbed and I healed up. And then I um, put out the next comp, which was the LA Expo, which is the one that I did. Mm-hmm. And then five weeks out, I hurt my hip real bad, squatting with Michael Hearn uh, at Gold's Gym <laughs> and uh, box squats. And I did a 505 box squat and I just felt this pinch in my hip. And I'm still recovering from that injury. Mm. And that was from back in December. And I still can't figure this out yet. I, I'm going to have to like probably have some surgery Complicated or something. relationship with the yeah. squat. Like, yeah. It's, it's, am- it's amazing to me. With power, power lifters have, have complex relationships with right. the three lifts. Like somebody who's like, God damn the bench press. God yeah. damn the deadlift. <laughs> for me. Yeah. I, it's because I overcompensate so much. You know, mm-hmm. I try not to, but it's just the way my body works. Um, but yeah, so I five weeks out, I'm devastated now. Like my hips hurting me really bad. Mm-hmm. So I started going back to my chiropractor, started working on it a lot. And then... Um, I was sponsored by a company called Eight Man or Powerlifting um, Apparel Line. I was with them, and they're good friends of mine. And um, they were going to be there to film the whole thing, do all this, and they were really behind my back on all this. And I remember just calling them and telling them, like, dude, I'm I'm in a lot of pain, and I'm in trouble. And they're like, what are you going to do back out? And I was like, I will go up there and fail before I back out this time. I'm not backing out this time. Um, I call Ed Cohen. And, um, <laughs> and Michael Hearn and Ed Cohen, yeah. they're just in the phone. I do, I do. They were because you know what? Michael Hearn and Ed and those guys, they really loved, they really were just like fascinated by what I was doing. And it's like to me, they it's like they it's like they understood it. They, they lift, they understand how hard that stuff is. And so to sit there and be watching me do it, they I, they just they really loved it. And then like the, the drive and like how I would just never quit. And I was just an animal, just like they were. And they loved it. And so, yeah, me having any problems, I could call those guys and, and figure out something, you know. And I remember just telling, I like, I'm a hip, you know. And he was like trying to, we were trying to figure things out. And he's like, just, you know, be easy, rehab. Don't do a lot of squatting. Don't do this. And so I just didn't back out. And I went to LA Expo. And uh, we all show up there the night before, me, eight man, Ed, my wife, all of us. And we're like, kind of like going over game planning on what we're going to do. And um, they're like, how's your hip? I was like, I mean, it hurts. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what weight does it hurt with? I said, it hurts, period. There's no, like, if I stick a thousand pounds on me or a hundred pounds on me, it's, it hurts more than the other. And so um, uh, they're like, well, what weight are you going to come out with? I was like, I don't know, man. Maybe like 315 or something like that, you know? And uh, so we show up the next day. And I do my weigh-ins 
And then the first thing you do after that is you give your first opening lifts. Right. And you can't take it back. And you can't take it back. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like running through my head what I'm going to do. You know, deadlift I got, bench press I got, everything's great there. And then I just remember pointing at 402 <laughs> on the squat. And uh, the eight-man guys and Ed go, Casey, come here real quick. And I was like, what? And they're like, come here. So they pulled me off the side like, I thought you said your hip hurts. I was like, it does. And they're like, well, why are you going to go so heavy? Like, you know, if you don't get your squat, you're like, you're done. You like bomb the meat. And I said, right. I know. I said, but here's my theory. And this is like I told him. I said, I have a theory behind this. Guys, so I, here's my theory. Yeah, Ed that's, what going. I told him. yeah <laughs> that's what I told him. I said, here's my theory though. I said, Ed, I said, look guys, I said, it doesn't matter if I put this weight on or if I put this weight on, it hurts. Mm -hmm. I said, but what I do know is if I stick 402 pounds on my back, it's going to push me down to a point to where like, it's going to push me past that like pain part, you know, and it's heavy. If I get something that's light and it can't push me down and I'm actually, my legs are actually so much stronger than that, then mm. I don't know if it's going to help. So my theory is like, it's going to help me get past that, like that nagging part, that pinching part where it's kind of like stopping me. And then I'm going to, it's going to drop me and I'm going to come up. And they just thought I was the craziest thing mm -hmm. ever. They were like, so that's what you're <laughs> going with. perfect sense. That's, that's what I told logical. them. <laughs> and that's, that's basically, that's what I said. I said, it works, man. Just take weight on my back and let me go down. I need it. And so Ed said, he goes, you can do it. There's no doubt that you can't, you can't squat that weight. I'm, we're just worried about like your hip. I said, it just doesn't matter. And so uh, the next day I showed up and my chiropractor was there for me and everybody was there and they were warming me up and squats start warming up. And like, I'm lifting with like top notch powerlifters. Like I'm on the big stage with these guys and um, I'm back there and everybody's warming up and Ed's like, so you're going to warm up or like, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to do two warm ups because I can't, I, for me to squat, me to squat, even now, even when I was the best at my squatting, I can't squat like 135 pounds free like that. Mm -hmm. I need the weight. I'll need like at least 300 something pounds on my back to be able to squat, free squat. Good. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the weight that balances me out or what, but if I have too much lightweight, I just, it doesn't work for me. And so I just told Ed, I said, no, I'm just waiting for them to get heavier. You know, and then there's like these like 275 pound monsters over there squatting, you know, 225 or something like that. And I'm sitting over there like this cool guy waiting, like, you know, it's too light, you know, put some boy, weight on boy, it, you know, put some, real put weight some weight on there, on there you know. <laughs> and so I went over there and uh, I did my warm up of 315 and I was high. Ed kept telling me like, you're high, man. I was like, dude, that hip is killing me. He goes, all right, let's do one more 315. So I did one more. He's like, dang. He's like, you're high. I was like, well, let's throw 365 and see if that starts pushing me down. And it pushed me down a little bit more. And he's like, but you're, it's going to be close. And I said, all right. It is what it is. Like, mm -hmm. I'm done. And so I had my chiropractors work on my hip a little bit, stretch me out. And then I went out there and uh, I kind of changed like what my game plan was at the last second. And I was like, all right, what am I going to do? I'm going to get this way. I'm going to drop as fast as I can. And hopefully that momentum pushes me past and I come right back up. And so, boom, I drop, bam, I pat back up. And in my head, I'm like, oh, I got it. Right. And I didn't. And it was red, I was red lighted in all three red lights. And I was Just like, not deep enough. Not deep enough. And Ed goes, dude, that was a, you squatted that so fast. Like, why didn't you slow down and like get control and get past that point? And I said, I don't know. I thought I was going to have the weight just push me through that, that point, you know? And he goes, nope, you, it stopped you. Like mm -hmm. that hip part, like where it's catching, stopped me. And so uh, then I'm stressed. Now I got two more chances to go out there and do this. And so I get ready. I get set out there in the second lift. And then uh, Gracie's out there yelling at me, Ed spotting me, mm -hmm. you know, Ed Cohen spotting me on squats. How awesome is that? You know? And I just hear Gracie just keep telling me to keep going down, you know? And then I hear her just say up and I was like, Oh, then I must mean I'm good. So I started coming up and I came up and I look and boom, white lights. And I was now, then I was just like game on now. Mm -hmm. I'm in the meet now, no matter what, it's on. Right, you got and a so, number. Yeah, and mm -hmm. so Ed's like, all right, why don't we're just, that's good, man. You got your in. Let's just get through bench does. I said, no. I said, I came here to do nine lifts, mm -hmm. just like every other power lifter, nine lifts. Yeah, can, as a power lifter, can I say I don't want to do the next lift to save it? Absolutely. 
But that was my first meet, and I wanted to do nine lifts. Whether I went nine for nine, seven for nine, I wanted nine lifts. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, what do you want to do? I said, I don't know. Do like 435 or something like that. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know what I can do. You know, I'm, right. I know I'm in how pain. How much had you bench, or how much did you squat? I think it was 435. That, that was the comp. max that you yeah, had done. Yeah, in that mm-hmm. comp, which wasn't my best, but it was... I didn't care at mm-hmm. that time because I was literally fighting through some stuff right, right there. And so, yeah, you watch my, my, my third attempt and I squat it and I bury that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gracie, I think she, you know, she was yelling at me down, down, down the whole time. I mean, I think she was trying to have me go through the ground to China or something like mm-hmm. that. Cause I mean, that was deep. And I remember just coming up and as I coming up my hip, like, like inflamed or something, and the, the most horrendous pain came over me and my whole body just started shaking cause I was in so much pain. And then I came up and I, and I, and I held it and I walked it in and, and uh, and I got white lighted again, mm. and I couldn't believe it. You know, you should have so opened pumped. with four thirty five. I think yeah, that's the yeah, last. <laughs> you know? And the thing is, I probably could have. I mean, no, the no. weight, the weight, the weight wasn't a problem. <laughs> you know, and all of them knew that. It was just the amount of pain that I was in, right. and the, the, you know, and doing my third squat. That third one really hurt. Hurt pretty bad. And then I just remember being so pumped up. Ed Cohen's freaking out. Everybody's freaking out. And. Uh, bench press, you know, it's boring. I think, you know, I, I have a good bench press, but I still think it's boring. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, get out there, I bench, I have no problems with my bench. Um, and then deadlifts come up and, um, I had a goal of like wanting to really hit 600 pound deadlift for the mm-hmm. first time. And, uh, I wanted to do it there. And so I went out there, I did my first lift and I just kept yelling at Ed and Gracie and all them. Like, I want 600, you know? And they're like, well, you better pull the next one faster than you pulled that, that, right. that one before Seriously. I'm going to give you 600. So then they put like 578 on the bar and I pull it pretty good. You know, I pull it pretty good. And the crowd starts to build because it's at the expo. Mm-hmm. The crowd's starting to build. And then I'm in the back and I see Ed come back there and he sits down. He doesn't say anything to me. And I was like, what the hell? Like, why is he not saying anything to me? And I'm just there waiting for him to tell me like what my next weight is. And, uh... I said, okay. I was like, well, I guess I'll ask her, like, what, what am I doing next, Ed? You know, like that. I'm like, what am I? He's like, you know what? He goes, just go out there. He goes, all I'm going to tell you is either you better pull it or you better pass out pulling it. He goes, I'm going to tell you the weight, but you need to pull it. I like that. And I was like, <laughs> all right, you know? And so then there, everybody's out there. I'm behind the curtains and Brandon Allen, the guy that I mm-hmm. first watched sure. ever was lifting in this comp. And he comes back there and he, and I can hear like the crowd and I can hear the guy, the MC. And he's, you know, tells everybody that one leg monster, bah, 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 you know, starts going off. And then Brandon comes back. He goes, dude, you're about to set powerlifting on the map right now. And I was like, what? He goes, there are hundreds and hundreds of people out there all around the stage, as deep as I can see them, all out there to wait, watch you come lift this weight. And uh, he goes, go out there and show them what you're made of and show them what you're doing and show them what powerlifting and this is all about. He goes, I've never seen a crowd like that ever. And he goes, and it's for you. And so I was like pumped. And so I go out there and I can see the weight on the bar. And I was like, I knew it was close to 600 pounds. And so I just got all fired up. Everybody had me fired up. And I went out there and I pulled and held it and set it down softly and white lighted. And it was 600.1 pounds. Mm, And the crowd, I mean, everything just went insane. I mean, it was uh, emotional for me. You know, I was very emotional after all because I had come from I, so long. It took so long to get to that point to be able to do that. And then just to see like how much it motivated and just how much, how many people were like, in, in, like impressed and just pumped about it. I mean, it was like everything that I ever thought, like that first day, like I told you when I said, told Mike that one day, this is it, what I'm going to do. That, that, that right there, that was like the, that was like the ending of all of everything that I had finally set out to do years and years ago. And it took four years pretty much to be able to right. go from that bed, that hospital bed and those narcotics and all that to stepping on that platform and being like a legitimate athlete mm. at a decent level, you know? And so 
Yeah, and after that, that's when it really started getting crazy for me. Sure. And then um, I was wondering, what, what's what was it like for your family watching you go through all? So this? if you watch the video, you see my daughter. My daughter loved watching me. Uh, if you watch the video, you see her in the like side screen of when I'm getting ready to deadlift, and she's just jumping up and down, right. going crazy, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, I mean, I could see her, so I mean, like in my head, there was no way that I wasn't gonna pull and like that in front of her, you know. Like mm -hmm. uh, it was my time to shine in front of her, you know. Mm -hmm. And so. Um, at the end, it was just chaos, motions. I was in the back, you know, pretty much an emotional wreck. My wife was crying. My dad was crying. My mm. mom was crying. You know, one, they just, they knew how much I've been through, mm. you know, with the, the, all the bad things. And then training-wise, all the injuries that I had gone through, the pain, the, the wanting to quit, you know, like not thinking it's possible. And finally setting out something that, like, you know, that a lot of people told me, like, no, you can't do it in or, uh Doctors telling me I shouldn't be doing it. You know, people wondering, how am I doing it? Mm -hmm. And then I show them, and I did it. And, uh, yeah, the emotions were intense. I mean, Ed Cohen said he's never had chills like that over his whole body. And if I can shock the goat, I mean, that's pretty. That's something pretty special, you know what I mean? Because the guy's seen it all, you know? And so, yeah, and so, I, like I said, that's kind of when everything started. And then um, hmm. I just wanted to, I, you know, I, I just continued powerlifting. And um, now I'm just moving around on different things, changing things around, trying to see what else is out there that people haven't done. And so, um, still, you're still driven by that though, really. Yeah. Wanting yeah. to do what hasn't been done. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy accomplishment to mm -hmm. do it, to be one of the first ones to do it or, or, or set the bar at a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing is now, guess what there's, guess what's out there? Amputee powerlifters. Mm -hmm. There's a guy in the UK that I, uh, he, he's, uh, he's, he's chasing my numbers down and I can't wait. I want him to, mm -hmm. I want him to beat it. You know, uh, he's a couple hundred pounds off, which that's quite a bit of weight, you know, to, to shuffle around somewhere in the weights. And then, um, cause I've backed off powerlifting a little bit. I still deadlift and I still do my stuff, but I'm just chasing some other things right now. And, uh, uh, but I, I tell you what, as soon as he, somebody beats it, you better believe <laughs> coming right back, right. you know, cause that's what, it's what, that's what it was for. Um, these guys are motivated. They have seen it now. Now they're motivated to beat my, beat my number that's sitting out there. It's like, you know, amputees world strongest right now. And so, um, he's in the UK. I keep my eye on him. I see him, you know, he's doing a lot of meets. He's mm -hmm. trying and he's, he's working hard. And, uh, but there's other amputees that are starting to do it. Not just that. I can't tell you how many emails, direct messages, whatever that I get from all kinds of people with all kinds of disabilities, especially guys missing legs mm -hmm. and wanting to know how I do it, how I did it. And I, all I can tell them is time. It's time, you know, and I'll give them some like, you know, what's, what leg do I use? How did I do it? What, how did I train? Because mm -hmm. you watch my squat, I have a big back squat. Mm -hmm. I'm like almost like a, almost a good morning. I right. trained my back to be able to handle mm -hmm. that kind of weight. You know, I did a lot of good mornings. I did a lot of the squatting like that. And that's my form mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I don't have dorsal flexion in my left ankle. So I don't have that. I can't rock back because if I do, then my toe comes up. Mm -hmm. And so to do that, I have to squat with a big back. Stan Efferding squats with a big back too. Right. And he's a house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. And so, and the thing is, I've never had back problems. And I fractured my back when I got injured in that accident. And I've never had a back problem ever. So I must, whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm doing it fine for me or my body mechanics. It works for it, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So it's amazing to see how many people are actually starting to do it now, mm -hmm. which is, that was the point. That was the whole point sure. of it. Have you have you gotten any blowback from from other amputees for not being willing to embrace the adaptive athlete? Sometimes, absolutely. And I just say why. Mm -hmm. I just tell them why. Like, why do I have to? Why? That's maybe down the road, I guess. And the thing is, to me, it's like going against an able-bodied athlete. It's harder. Mm -hmm. It's harder. They're 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 they got all their limbs. They're full-blown athletes. It's harder. Because if it wasn't, then there would be all kinds of amputees all up in this in this mix. If it was the same, you know. My thing is like. 
there's not a lot of adaptive sports really. Mm -hmm. And if there is, there's a lot of like different lean, like ways like things can go. And I'm just, you know, I just was like, I don't, no, nah, I don't want, I'm not about that. You know, you like an objective standard, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's a standard and that's it, you know? And so, and, uh, and you know, now there's that thing going, it's called super league live. Mm -hmm. Sure. I plan on being on that. Okay. And I, and, 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 and that's I was a different kind of challenge. Yep. Yeah. And I love that kind of training. Actually, Mike, um, O'Hearn was, had me coming out to the first one. He called me, got a hold of me, but it was two weeks out. And I was like, Mike, there's no way that I can do that two weeks out. I was like, I'm the, I have to kind of train for stuff like that. I said, some of these freak athletes that are just like that all the time. Mm -hmm. They can do that. They can just show up and do it. I said, but I have to train my body. It's going to take me some time. Mm -hmm. So I plan on doing one, you know, and I, and I plan on being one of the first ones to do it. I've only watched a little bit of that. Now, uh, how, how set is what you're going to be doing before the actual event? Oh, it's like, pretty set. It's pretty you, set. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty set. Um, it's just a lot of different workouts. Right. Mm -hmm. It's pretty pretty intense. There's a lot of volume, a lot of weight too. It's like heavy it's, weight, mm -hmm. high volume. It's 12 mm -hmm. reps of heavy weight mm. per station. And if you don't hit your 12 reps, then you don't get the points. But if you go too light, then you don't get a lot of points. Mm -hmm. You get a little bit of points. So it's it's very tactic. You know, you got to be tactful mm -hmm. when you're cho choosing your weight. Mm. And you got to think you're moving station to station to station. So you, you got to make sure you're not killing yourself out at one station and you can't finish or perform at the next station. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's a lot. And I like that. And the, like I said, the training scheme is tough. Mm -hmm. And so I plan on like something I plan on doing eventually, you know, um, very interested in it. It's something that nobody's done, right. you know. Mm -hmm. yep. Um I am. I've actually kind of considered like stepping on like the bodybuilding stage. I know there are amputees that do that. Um, there are powerlifters who will do a show yeah, after yeah. being powerlifting for, yeah. powerlifting for a long time. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to do it just a little more, just to add a little another notch onto something that I've accomplished. You know what I mean? For me, uh, how many of them will do? I don't know. I know that I got motivated by it with uh, last weekend. I was training with Jeremy, Bandia, mm -hmm. and uh, Hani. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even Hani was like, man, you could you could probably do well, man. He goes, your work ethic. There's not a lot of people that like the way you train. That's how Jeremy, that's how Phil, that's how Jay, that's how like that intensity and like how you don't quit and you push. Right. He goes, that's the mentality that I like, you know? And so, um, he had me like take my shirt off and I was like, Jeremy, keep your shirt on. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, they were like looking at me and then Hani was like, you know, telling me things I should work on and stuff like that. And he said, well, what is it that you want to do? I said, I don't know. I said, I just know I have really like bad, um, burns and stuff down my quads from when I got blown up and my quads are really atrophied from all the scarring and everything like that. So I was like, quad growth is very really hard for me. Um, but my hamstrings grow like crazy. And so he said, dude, who cares? Look at Jeremy. He's huge. Jeremy's a big guy right. in person. He's big. He's like, he does physique. He's not like a skinny physique guy. You know, Jeremy's setting the standard for being like a big physique guy. There's no reason why you, if you know, saying physique is now, he goes, now physique is not like the little guy thing. Mm -hmm. Look yeah. at him. And I was like, no, you're absolutely right. He goes, dude, so slap some shorts on and do, why don't you think about doing one next mm. spring? There you go. Work next spring. Next spring. Next <laughs> spring. All right. He, he got, he's, Hani's actually going to help me out with it. Huh. He wants to help me out. He uh, was, like I said, kind of impressed, I guess, by how like hard I would, I was training and stuff okay. like that in there with Jeremy and stuff like that. And he can see it. You know, we talked about it, you know, mm -hmm. how big's your waist? I was like, oh, it's like a 33. He's like, dude, you'd be a 30. He goes, you're already so wide. You know, it'd be great. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he has me doing this off-season thing. And and then next spring, he said April, May. So mm -hmm. I may do that just, mm -hmm. for, just, for, just to do it. We'll have to have you back then. Yeah, just to do it. A lot more cardio. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been doing a lot of cardio lately. Um, uh, I just, I've really got into like a lot of cardio. Mm. I don't know. I started doing it just a little bit. I've been trying to like trim up a little bit right. um, and just get a little bit more like healthier. Um, what does cardio consist of for you? Um, I've been doing a lot of swimming and biking. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, stationary bike. Because mm -hmm. I do, I, what I am planning on doing like, like cycling, you know, um, 
I just you've really, been hanging out with Chris Gethin too much. Right. That guy, that guy. <laughs> I, like, I, I love that guy. He's an, he's a, he's an absolute animal. But uh, him and him and Ashley, they they drive me to do a lot of things that I do because I because Chris can do anything. He's strong. Right. I've done I've done uh, some of his DTP workouts. We've shot you, yeah, you, YouTube those. videos mm-hmm. together. He's strong, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he can go run a marathon the next damn day. You know what I mean? And oh, yeah. I like that. Like, I like that. You know, well, like I said, I just saw him deadlifting not too long ago again. I'm like, he, he was, guy, he was just, deadlifting heavy, like 500 yeah. pounds six, seven days before yeah. he did the yeah. Iron Man. I know. <laughs> Iron Man yeah. I know. And I like that. See, I like, huh? I like things like that. Yeah, I like, sense. I like those kind of athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just kind of trying to do that, you know, just be like that. So I was 255 when I competed. I'm down like 230, 235 now. And the thing is, I'm get, I'm just as, I'm pretty much just as strong. Mm-hmm. You know, am I as strong as like when I stepped on the platform? Absolutely not, because I peaked out. You know, you peak out for it's different kind of different. strength. Yeah, so, yeah. But as far as like raw strength, period. Yeah, I mm-hmm. keep I always kind of maintain it. You know, um, but the cardio I've just been like and seeing. I've actually been just really enjoying like seeing the body change, mm-hmm. and like seeing like the freakiness start to happen, veins start to come, striations, and just mm-hmm. different things. So I'm, I've been really enjoying that, and it's kind of like the same thing, like an addiction now that I want to see like where I can get myself to. So mm-hmm. when I was telling Honey that, he's like, "Well, why don't you step on stage?" And I said, "Yeah." Hmm. Maybe I will. It is, yeah. So I might. I mean, so yeah. So Ed Cohen tells you how to how to power lift. Honey Rumba tells you how to the body best, lift. right? How yeah. could you turn down those opportunities? <laughs> yeah, that's what I, that's yeah, the thing. Absolutely, like, the opportunity absolutely. arises. You got to say yes to yeah. life. Yeah. So, wow. so that's Whoa. that's that's probably the next goal now. Mm. Um, I've been kind of like doing a lot more bodybuilding style. I still am deadlifting because. For some reason, everybody likes seeing me deadlift, mm-hmm. which is so funny about that because I can do my Instagram, you know, and I can post a video of me squatting which is so hard to do mm-hmm. and it can be 500 pounds squat and it doesn't do well but I post a video of me deadlifting and it does well mm-hmm. and I'm just like okay I guess everybody's well deadlift's like the cool thing now too Everyone. everybody's yes. like deadlifting yeah. I mean there was some girl yesterday or something like that just deadlift like 520 something or some crazy mm-hmm. number mm-hmm. Stephanie or something like mm-hmm. that Incredible, yeah. you know. So I'm you know, a sucker for those those powerlifter girls on Instagram. I can't stop following them. There's some, and it's the deadlift. I know. Watch it, watching oh, watching a girl who's a 140, 150 pounds pull 500 it's pounds off the ground is amazing yeah. to me. The, I can always. The watch first it, time you know. I ever got to watch a girl do that was um, when I was at the uh, destination Dallas. I was there for an event, and there's a girl. She's a girl powerlifter. And I was like, I was like a, I was like a fanboy of her. You know, I mm-hmm. thought she was awesome. <laughs> you know, and we're walking in the same area, and she starts freaking out when she sees me. She's like, Oh my god, can I take a picture with you? I was like, What? I was like, Can I take a picture with you? I was like, You're awesome. Like, you don't understand. Like, don't worry about me. And so I ended up getting to deadlift with uh, Nikki Guns, mm-hmm. um, and then she's like, Yeah, it's like, no, not my crazy day. You know, heavy day. Um, so like, why don't we do some triples and stuff? I was like, Perfect. This girl is ripping. 405 off the ground for triples like it was nothing and I was so impressed by it and so I was like well I better I need to slide a plate on you know what I mean like I'm not gonna let you out deadlift me here it's like no way you know so I mean just watching it's impressive to see I mean it's, they're not they're not huge girls these are little tiny girls right. that are moving four or five hundred pounds around it's impressive it really yeah, there's, is there's, there's just an interesting technique to that lift too yeah. like there's yeah, everybody has to find the the right way to do it. Like, absolutely. I, I was talking with a, a strength coach in one of our other podcasts about how you, you know people can say I squat this, right. and it can mean a whole bunch yes. of different stuff. Absolutely. But if yeah. you say I deadlift five hundred pounds, yeah, that just that tells you something. That's yeah. that's impressive it's no matter who you are. It is yeah. for it, it absolutely. I remember the first time I deadlifted five hundred pounds, mm-hmm. and it was like the, it was a milestone. It's like that's okay. You know, then when you get up to 600 pounds, everybody's like, oh, now you're with the big boys. You know, mm-hmm. once you get up to sixes and stuff like that, now you're moving some good weight around. But yeah, like getting people getting their form down and their different things down, it's different. People see me deadlift, they're like, that looks like it's painful. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, but it's not mm-hmm. at all. It just works for me. I don't use a lot of legs because I can't, I just can't squat like that, right. squat, squat down like that. So it works for me. I've been able to pull 600 without injuries. I think the best I pulled is like 620 something. It's the mm-hmm. best I've ever pulled, but mm-hmm. 600 in comp. So, but yeah, no, deadlifting does the best. 
on mm-hmm. social media for some reason. I think it's more intense too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's a raw strength thing. Like that's like raw strength. Mm-hmm. Exactly, like when you can pull yeah. weight, that much weight off the ground, it's that's, there's not, there's no momentum. Yeah, there's it's no, just you and gravity at that point. You're it not, really you're is. You're not doing body mechanics or yeah. anything like that. It's just you and gravity. And it really is. Win. And I think that's probably why it's like the mm-hmm. big thing. So my deadlift, I kind of keep up because every time I travel, people want to deadlift with mm-hmm. me. And like a lot of people call me like, hey, we have this event. Can you come deadlift at it? And I'm like, sure. You know, I'm there. I'll deadlift. So I kind of keep it's the It's not a bad approach on. if you just deadlift heavy enough and then yeah. bodybuild the rest of the time. That's that what works I basically, for a whole yeah. lot of people, man. Yeah. I mean, Jeremy wants to, de- I, mean, I didn't even know he would deadlift, mm-hmm. but he's like here in a couple of weeks when I'm like really get back into my off season, like when he's like fuller, you know, cause he's still a little bit too lean to be deadlifting. Uh, He's like, you know, we'll just get some deadlift sessions. And I was like, you deadlift? He goes, dude, all that, your waist get big thing is ridiculous with the deadlift. That's not going to happen. He goes, I've been deadlifting for five years, training. Honey has me deadlift. Sometimes he has to tell me to hold it back a little bit because I do get a little bit crazy with it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So, I mean, that, that made me want to do the bodybuilding thing a little bit more because I do enjoy deadlifting. You know, I still Ronnie enjoy... Coleman could deadlift a little bit too. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a specimen right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, cool. What, whatever you do, man, we'll be watching. Hope to have you back again. Thanks so much for coming yeah. Thank you. Thank you.